0: Get ready, people, for the show that's all about crypto. With blockchain expert, entrepreneur, and day trader, also founder and CEO of Digital Currency LLC, your host of Cryptocurrency Now, Jeffrey Bitton, a.k.a. Coin Gorilla, with co-host, radio veteran, D. Elvis, the voice chameleon. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrency Now With the coin gorilla and the voice chameleon That would be Jeff IMD And we're excited to have another episode ready for you guys here On today's date of June 13th, 2018 How are you doing? I'm doing great, man I'm uh, Excited to do another show, man uh, I feel like the response has been amazing from... Uh, Our followers, our listeners, I'm seeing a lot of great reports from the... all our podcast apps and everything. So I guess we're doing some good here, man.
1: I'm always amazed at, at who um, comes and follows me on Twitter or, you know, just even, you know, sends a shout out. And yeah, it's been amazing. I uh, just want to give a shout out to Oliver Isaacs. Uh, people don't know him. He's a huge crypto guy. Um, he's listed in Forbes as one of the most influential crypto investors. I mean, um, check him out. He, he actually followed us this week. I want to give him a big shout out and a, and a big thank you.
0: Yeah, it's really cool, man. Like When I first got on board with this whole thing, uh, I was like, you know, again, I'm no expert in this field, as anyone who's listened to the show knows. I'm just a guy that knows a lot of different kinds of business and how finance works and things like that, and uh, have applied that to many different things. And so for me, again, this whole podcast has just been a learning experience, a very cool journey, and it's gotten me very excited about the whole world of crypto and blockchain, and I think from what I'm understanding from people who hit us up on Twitter and Instagram and all the other platforms is that a lot of folks are feeling the same way, like, which is cool. I feel like I'm the guy that's also like the listener. So we get to bring them on this amazing journey together. And the response has been amazing. And we really just want to thank all you guys for uh, downloading the podcast, you know, all your comments, the follows, every positive thing we've gotten back. And, you know, hey, if you've got negative things to say, we are open to that, too. You know what I mean? Like, if there's something you feel we could be doing better, we'd love for you to hear from you. So, again, we've got the Twitter, Instagram. Jeff's also, of course, very active with that whole stuff on Twitter. So you can find him at Coingorilla1. You are the OG Coin Gorilla, are you not? Well, um, quick little story. Before me, there was actually another Coin
1: Gorilla. His name was Sebastian Coinworthy, and he actually started Coingorilla.com years ago. And what Coingorilla.com at that point was, was basically a go-to website to find out about reviews and stand-up crypto operations, because back then it wasn't as in the open as now. So basically, it was a review site of the best kind of crypto exchanges um, where you won't get burned to buy crypto etc etc now um yeah i don't know what happened to him i was i got coingorilla.com like .co, every other domain related i was missing that and i was trying to buy it for a while and it just one day i, I received an email that it was available for sale and i swooped on it but um yeah sebastian coinworthy <laughs> he was the original coin gorilla
0: cool the other thing, too, is don't – another thing I just want to mention to everybody is don't be fooled by the imitators. And uh, we've had an issue with people using your likeness and, yes. and using – not now, they can't actually use your handle because Twitter is good about that, where the handle's your handle. But you can have kind of a nickname that goes with your handle, and people keep trying to mimic you. And, yes. Yes sell their snake oil or whatever it is with through your name and just for anybody out there that's seen that happen uh we're trying to stay on top of that and report those things because that's not cool not cool at all not only is it not cool it's like what they're doing is malicious they're
1: specifically targeting me i'm like everyone knows like we're releasing griffin coin we're doing the exchange so when i post something about griffin coin or the exchange they immediately go off my back and say we're giving away free ether send us uh this amount of ether and we'll send you this amount which is a big scam and everyone by now should be aware of it but i mean um the first time i saw it it was literally one letter off of my handle and i was like whoa who is this guy but you can tell they have like no followers and you know what they say doesn't have substance and plus by the way i just want to tell everybody we're never going to be doing an ether giveaway i, I don't know anyone in their right mind any company that does an ether giveaway so just a heads up out there to everyone like when something sounds too good to be true and when you're dealing with anonymous yeah just you know like if someone's telling you send me a 0.1 ether and i'm going to send you one ether 10 times the amount something's fishy with that you know what i mean so like um yeah just
0: anytime you see comments or responses on the either the Cryptocurrency Now Twitter page or Jeff's personal Twitter page, just click on who made that response to make sure. Uh, yes. You know, because the thing great is, advice, you re- Twitter's great about, you know, if you report something, they're really usually pretty quick to get it done. But let's face it, it the, with tech now, it's uh, people create bots. And then as soon as one bot's reported or... Shut down. Another one's taking its place, and it's like uh, Terminator Two, man. It, you said it, dude. It's it, the it, T-1000. You, you said it.
1: No, you literally, you, you hit like it's literally just how you said it. There's bots that literally just create these accounts and will just spam out this stuff. So, I mean, people beware. But um, yeah, also on. What Dee said, thank you, everyone, for all the support. It's been amazing. That's what keeps us going. We're really stoked when we when we get great feedback and see people are learning something. So, um, yeah, thank you all
0: for listening. I really appreciate it. Amen. And I know one of the segments that people love is seeing what the trends are. So let's get into CoinWatch. All right. CoinWatch, giving you the load down on the hottest performing coins. Watch here on Cryptocurrency Now. Again, today's date is june 13th 2018 jeff's gonna let you know what's going on what's trending up down left right all the angles right now
1: (laughs) yeah so i'm sure everyone that's listening to this show is at least familiar with the markets and what's been going on so um as everyone knows bitcoin's been down and just a quick guide for everyone this is not like rule of thumb this is not law but in general when bitcoin goes down by 20, 30% as it has, you're going to see the other altcoins do a general following trend. And they are going to be following that trend of a bearish market. And they also will be dropping in general. So, like I said, there's day trading, there's long-term trading, there's hodling, you know, you have to know where you're at. When it's a bearish market, I generally like to keep my long holds going and i like to day trade one or two coins even if i'm not too familiar with it i'd research it for a few days and get into it if it's a performer because it doesn't matter you know bearish or bullish market people are making money so let's let's try to give you a couple coins that have been doing that this week um okay i'm gonna go with number two best performing coin and I'm gonna explain in what manner in a bit, but it's gonna be Ethereum Classic. Ticker is ETC. It has a market cap of 1,500,000,000 roughly, circulating supply of 102,000,000, 241,000, et cetera. It's up there on the coin market cap. June 6th, you could have bought it for about $15 a coin. June 13th, it's at 1398 per coin. Which is a loss, D. So I, I don't know. You might be guessing like, yo, what is what is Jeff talking about here? But <laughs> Oh, I, I always trust you're going somewhere with it. A seven-day gain of a fraction of a percent. Okay. Now, that doesn't sound big or anything. Now, just as I entered this little segue talking about when things are bearish, I like to pick a coin and kind of like see what it's doing, go with the trends, check on it. Daily, minute by the minute, fifteen-minute graphs, thirty-minute graphs, one-hour graphs, etc. Mm-hmm. See where the movements are. See see how much is in the green, how much is in the red. Go accordingly. But um, okay, so seven-day gain of a fraction of a percent, fourteen-day gain of 7%, a 30-day loss of 15%, okay? But if you played the market correctly a couple days ago, D, you know I'm always looking at the markets and everything, right? Right. So, if you would've played the markets correctly a couple days ago, you would've got in, let's say, on the 10th, okay? It was trading for about 12.41, 12. 12.50, 12. something like that. Now, on the 11th, it took a huge spike, a huge, huge jump to $15.86. Okay. All right. So think about that. You could have made a huge, huge gain, like right there on your money when everything else is bearish. You know what I mean? Yeah. So any anyone that was either keen enough or looking at Ether Cash as an option for trading and would have seen, you know, the the, the symbols, the signs, the dojis, you know, the patterns, like the way things are moving and got in on that, you would have made a huge little jump where everything else was tanking. But now, I just have to warn people from the history of
0: Ether Classic. Jeff, could you repeat that? I think you cut out real
1: quick there. Sorry, yeah, so um, I just have to tell people with Ether Classic what's I've noticed in the history of Ethereum and since its inception, it's always had these huge spikes and drops, huge pumps and dumps. So I would tell people, you know, as an asset to be weary of it, but also know that if played the right way, you can definitely earn some gains in this market, even being a bearish market. Wow, that's good to know. Okay, so that's that for me, Ethereum Classic this week. Like, um, if played correctly, you could have made a huge gain and bought something else really cheap and long term hold it, you know. I got you. So, what's next? Probably butchering the name, but it's Bibox token B I B O X. The ticker is B I X. It has a market cap of 175 million 800. And eighteen thousand, roughly number sixty nine on the coin market cap. Circulating supply of one hundred four million, three hundred forty two thousand, etc. Total supply of two hundred sixty nine million, uh, roughly two hundred seventy million. So on June sixth, um, it was at a dollar thirty three cents per coin. Today at time of recording on the thirteenth it was at a dollar forty five cents per coin. Now yesterday at the time like, you know, I do research on stuff and I'm always looking coins in general just on my own time but um i was watching this a couple of few days ago you know what i mean and um yesterday the day before it rose all the way up to um on the 12th it rose all the way up to a dollar and 68 cents dollar 73 cents you know what i mean so yeah so you could have bought a week ago at a dollar and 30 cents you know what i mean And sold at, you know, when it did its little climb or or vice versa, you could have bought at $1.50, but you could have made some money. So it has a seven day gain of like roughly 17%, 14 day gain of 37%, 30 day gain of 83%. So I would say that's a steady performer. And these last few weeks of just bearish sea of red markets, you know what I mean?
0: Right. Yeah. And again, like you said, Bitcoin's the big player that most people are aware of and, uh, But just because it's having its uh, drops, like you said, money is still being invested in the market. It just may not be in the same players each and every week. So it's really good to learn about some of these altcoins and keep an eye and ear out for uh, what's going on with some of those.
1: Yeah, and and I'll just tell people I always tend to stay at the top 100 in the coin market cap. I don't really want to give people any information about coins lower on the cap, but um, just to let you know, D literally bro like 80 percent has just been down this week so i mean you guys really have to do your research pick your coins wisely and you know like like i said always figure out what is this coin for me a day trade that's the key decision to be made with all those coins i'll go into the number three which is to me the worst performing coin and it is number one on the coin market cap it's bitcoin so Bitcoin market cap of 115 billion, 55 million. It has a circulating supply of 17 million, roughly. Everyone knows it has a max supply of 21 million. Um, okay, so seven day loss of 9%, bro. 30 yeah. day loss of 21%, okay. 60 day loss of 14%. So like, if you look at it on that level, you know what I mean? It's It's been taking a hit constantly, but one year gains of 150%.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's really looking at just where the, the spectrum and the scope of what uh, the timeline is. You know, I don't think that can be said about anything. You know, if you're looking at a small sample size, you can find good or bad in anything. Um, right. So, and I think what you brought, bringing up Bitcoin, which I was actually surprised for you to do, but I think it, it serves a great purpose here because. It is showing because being, you know, the major player in this industry that though all the news lately has been so negative, negative, negative and uh, people are competitors, be it or just people who are against the industry as a whole like to kind of pile on um, the overall statistics prove that this is not dead by any means.
1: It's not dead, but at the same time, I do believe the market's being suppressed somehow. Okay, like we'll we'll go into this another day, but I have my theories. I have my, you know, my thoughts on why Bitcoin is the price it is. Okay, but we'll go into another day. But um, to me, what really gets to me is Bitcoin always for me has been a long-term hold. You know what I mean? I don't trade Bitcoin. You know what I'm saying? Like, I hold yeah. Bitcoin. I buy when it's low, and then I hold until I feel I've made sufficient profit, and then I sell, and I repeat. That's that's how I look at Bitcoin. So, I mean, like I said, choose your asset, and then decide what you want to do with it. So, for me, Bitcoin is always a good long-term hold. I will always support Bitcoin and own some Bitcoin, because that's – it's like having – the gold you know and the Ethereum and Litecoin is like the silver you know what I'm saying and um, I I look at it as as that you know and then the altcoins for me depending on what they achieve if they're their own blockchain etc you know serve their own purpose and I like to trade altcoins more than anything so I generally stick to trading altcoins
0: So um, gotcha so that's kind of your uh, your play money where you can Do some day trading if you will versus uh some of the bigger coins like bitcoin as you said where that's uh you're in for the long haul more of a long-term investment
1: exactly and like you know a a good strategy for people is you know this is like forex trading you know forex days like buy if you want to buy bitcoin just you're not a trader you don't really know what you're doing i would say every same day of the month for 12 months Go ahead and buy Bitcoin no matter what price. Overall, in general, throughout that year, it should even out and you should make a profit. You know what I mean? That's just basic kind of... Hold and buy like Because you have to look at it in the aggregate In the long term, the 12 month cycle You don't look at it month for month Oh no, I'm buying Bitcoin, it's $1,000 higher this month Well next month at the same day it Could be $1,000 lower So you don't want to kind of that. That's kind of a good strategy to generally make money You know what I mean? Holding coins long term you know, because you're you're buying at an average price each time. You're not buying at the actual price because it fluctuates every month. So y- you have to look at it as an overall. and
0: Makes sense to me. So, yeah. uh, so speaking of basics, are we ready to move on to Crypto Basics? Sounds good, brother. Crypto Basics, breaking down the basics of crypto. Back now with Crypto Basics here on Cryptocurrency Now with Jeff and D. And Jeff, uh, you and I talked a little bit this week because crypto basics is something that's kind of tricky from week to week because if we do basics for, you know, once a week for several weeks, you're going to run out of basics. But you're always finding new things that people need to know about when they're getting their feet wet in this stuff. So what do you got for us this week?
1: Well, I think like a good play on the, you know, when we talked about mining a little bit last time, I I figure we talk a little little bit today about what a masternode is I'm, I'm sure everyone hears and has been listening and what's a masternode you know what i mean let's let's kind of like break it down for people it's it's different than mining but it's in that same kind of category all righty cool so all right a masternode like let's let's go into people know blockchains work they, they generally work on two kinds of systems the proof of work and the proof of stake system or a mixture of both or like you know with IOTA they use a tangle web you know what i mean but that's a whole other thing but each of these blockchains have their own way of like processing the transactions so basically like a proof of work blockchain like bitcoin they're kind of they utilize miners okay they process the transactions by mining blocks and then those blocks are added on the blockchain okay without going into like too much detail the computers which are the mining rigs we talked about last time on the show uh the mining rigs they basically right. process data at a high rate they guess like the answer to a puzzle and then the first mining rig to guess the answer wins the right mine to the block okay all right so once the block is mined they're rewarded with bitcoin you know what I mean? that's what mining is. is you know what i mean so basically it's a good system, you know what I mean? And it works great and it keeps everything neutral and, you know, up to par. But it's very power, you know, intensive, you know what I mean? It uses a lot of power to, to get these rigs going and et cetera. So there's another kind of way to do it, which is proof of stake. Okay. Proof of stake used master nodes. Okay, now what a master node basically is, is a computer which processes transactions on the blockchain and they're rewarded with coins by the blocks being created. Okay. So these nodes, which let's think of them as a computer, sit on the blockchain in like a system, like think of it as like a, like a queue. Okay. So when they reach a certain position, they get selected at random to be rewarded within that network so then they get like rewards at different times you know what i mean but in general it averages out so it's it's another way of processing a transaction okay now the thing with master though is like okay you get this dedicated computer that will do that will be your master node that you'll be running this this master node okay well basically um what can go wrong is there's a lot of new coins that are coming out using the proof of stake system so there's a lot of coins you know hey run a master node for this coin run a master node for that coin and they're just promising like huge rois like return on investments which just aren't don't make sense like a thousand percent you know two thousand percent just be weary of what coin you pick to run a master node for you know what i mean i i would You know, if I were to run a masternode, I'd probably run it on Dash. You know, Dash is a good coin. Like, I actually met the team at the conference here recently, and um, yeah, I learned a lot about Dash. So, uh, you know, I'd probably look into that. Anyway, the difference also with the masternode is like with a mining rig, when you go ahead and do the proof of work system, right? Kind of like collateral. So, the way the masternode works is like you're a trusted, node on that network so how do they gain trust so basically you would have to have a collateral of that nodes coins to show that you're a trustworthy node operator and that you just won't be doing something malicious you see what i mean
0: yeah okay
1: so basically if like let's say you want to run a node you will have to go ahead get on an exchange buy that you know coin Like, let's say, let's start with a hundred thousand coins, always have a little extra, you know, for the fee, like the gas fee, the fuel, whatever it costs to transfer. But um, let's say a hundred thousand and then you would run your node. So then you would go ahead and run your node on like a cold wallet setup. Okay. Now that you have these coins in your account, now you can set up your node on the, on the network and receive bonuses rewards for for doing work for running that node. so basically how it would work is like let's say you buy a hundred thousand coins right Mm -hmm. but always get a little more though to cover the transaction fees okay so never just get the exact amount because there's always transaction fees and transfers and things like that all right you're going to install like a wallet on your on your desktop okay and then you're going to synchronize it to the blockchain some blockchains let you download the data like separately okay organization but some don't so you, you know then you will go ahead and send those coins that you bought on the exchange to your wallet once you have them in your wallet you'll set up a node address and then you'll send your coins to the node address then that will allow you to get the private key and transaction information that you need to set up your note okay. ah all right So it's, it's a process and techies or anyone getting into mining, I would, or doing a master node, I would definitely research it and everything. And I'm just giving you kind of like basics of, you know, how to get into it. And this is just basic rules and things that I know. So another thing, you're going to have to get your own kind of server. So the most common right now is a a VPS, a virtual private server. You know what I mean? You can get one cheaply on GoDaddy. There's a lot of other, a lot of other stuff services that offer virtual private servers you know at a minimal fee so you want to do that once you got your server configured and your nodes you're you're ready to start the server you're going to have to start the node at the server okay the server will then synchronize it with the blockchain so it gets technical and i'm just you know Giving people kind of like a quick like you know how I set up a node kind of deal you know what right I mean? but, Yeah, but
0: I mean if you can't go into the full details, and it's more <laughs> and complicated, it's complicated
1: like, than this, yeah, and it's more in depth, and I'm sure you know some techies will be like right on Coin Gorilla, like you know good deal, and some other people will be like, huh, what language are you speaking? You know what I mean? But but yeah, it's it's for everyone. So there you go, dude. So basically that that's between a master node and you know a mining rig okay it's just a different kind of system of proofing the work proof you know proof of stake and a different reward system but basically um i like master nodes they're a lot more energy efficient you know you can control them I i believe you get better rewards depending on what coin you're doing and um I met a lot of people that now are going to masternodes and just running them off, you know, virtual private servers and having great success. So there you go, guys. (laughs) I hope that helped a
0: little bit. Cool, yeah. Kind of like, you know, a lot of the parallels drawn in the crypto world are with the actual, you know, gold mining and things like that, uh, which is where a lot of the terminology comes from. So I kind of see that as uh, you're excavating with heavy equipment when you're mining versus, say, panhandling in the river. (laughs) Well put. (laughs) Thank you. So, guys, we're going to take a little break here, come back with more cryptocurrency now. We'll get into some headlines and some other cool stuff. So, stick with us. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. talk. Thanks for downloading another episode of Cryptocurrency Now with Jeff and D. Guys, we love hearing from you, so please hit us up on Instagram at crypto underscore currency underscore now. Or if you follow us on Twitter at now underscore crypto. You can message us on either platform and we're going to try and get to questions from you guys in future episodes. Speaking of future episodes, we're going to be talking to Yi Chen Wu. If you aren't familiar with him, Yi Chen is the man behind Whale Lend, a revolutionary new technology in the crypto space. Check out Whale Lend, and if you have any questions for Yi Chen Wu, we'll get them to him directly on the future episode of Cryptocurrency Now. To be or not to be covering the latest crypto news, regulations, and trends globally. And we're back here on Cryptocurrency Now on June 13th, 2018. That is the date of this recording. Uh, we're going to get into a little segment we call To Be or Not To Be. Or To yeah. Be or Not To Be. That is the question. Whether nobler nobler in the mind. Mo- no, sorry. I'm not going to get into my Shakespeare. But... Uh, <laughs> We want to get into some of the news stories from this past week that a lot of folks in the crypto community are talking about. And uh, I think what we've got a couple stories this week that uh, should be interesting in the sense that they are run almost opposite, involving two big names in the financial world. So I'm going to start with something I found out here, and that's that Wells Fargo is now the latest bank to bar consumers from buying Bitcoin while using its credit cards. And this is from fortune.com. I'm taking uh, several outlets have reported on this, but I'm going with what fortune reported here. So uh, Wells Fargo, they say is America's third largest bank by assets. And on Monday, customers will no longer be able to purchase Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies using Wells Fargo issued credit cards. Yep. The decision follows on similar announcements made by J.P. Morgan, City, Bank of America, as uh, banks and payment processors feared that the assets' wild price swings could cause buyers to renege on payments. Back and and I'm bank. sorry, D. Remember, we talked
1: about this like, yeah. on our second episode, and we talked about how a couple of these banks weren't allowed, and you asked like, what do you think the reason is? And I actually brought this up, and it's funny to read this here in this article today, because it's literally what we said, what we talked about, discussed about how they are worried that because the asset is so volatile that being these price fluctuations, it's like today, if you bought a stereo and you tomorrow it's worth half, you'll be less inclined to pay it off because you know the value of it is half. You know what I mean? Which so. I
0: feel is insane in the sense that they're trying to spin it as because of the volatility of cryptocurrencies, customers would default on credit cards. And well, we can say the same about gas, bro. Like, right. let's say one no, day gas
1: why. is $4 a gallon, and then the next day, you know, it drops to two fifty. I might not want, you know, like, you can give the same rationale, but it that's doesn't insane. make so, sense. Like,
0: you, a lot of companies, for example, they issue gas cards to employees, right? And right. they're specific to whatever, maybe they're for Shell or whoever it is or Exxon, whatever it may be. Right. Now, that would be the equivalent of those companies being like, well, gas prices are crazy, so we're not going to allow you to buy gas with our credit cards. It, it, do, like, it doesn't make sense. And <laughs> Like, I'm sorry. But it, this is just, to me, the way I look at it is this is the fear that some of the bigger banks, because they're looking out for their best interest. And I'm going to tell you right now, folks, 99% of the banks out there, they don't give a damn about your interests as a customer, as an individual. This is them trying to protect their own asses.
1: It is, and, and you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, and it, it'll be an irony in a few years when they're probably using blockchain
0: for some reason or another. Yeah, exactly. Because if they don't get you know, on board, they're going to get rolled over. It's as simple as that.
1: Yeah, and it's funny. It's because, like, some banks and some services are taking advantage of this you know what i mean and actually delving in and like coinbase you know if you do really do some research i'm not going to give people all the beans but you know they have a special bank they deal with that basically is the crypto bank of choice for every exchange because they were the ones now that have their niche in crypto and they are booming their stock prices are going up they're you know they're having record profits you know what i mean so like it's it It's not, okay, it's intuitive for a company, but but just to tell you how these companies work, D, and I know you know the the same thing, when they say that, that's their legal excuse publicly, you know, internally they might have their other thoughts and their other reasonings and their other motivations, but like... I mean, who knows? Wells Fargo—they're not exactly the most stand-up bank, you know what I mean? Like, as as we all know, they've had many issues with like opening accounts for people that didn't ask for them, Whoa. giving them different—you know—they're—they're they're getting in trouble right now. They're, so they're probably like, "Oh no, we don't want
0: another situation. Let's just get out of this," you know. But um, in my previous, my my very last job, prior to launching my uh, own business, Voice Chameleon. Um, I dealt with, basically, I went to bat for regular folks, like folks who are listening to this podcast right now, who just got themselves in a bit of extra debt, because Wells Fargo is one of those banks that you could have a credit card account, right, and you had, you know, say you carried like a $1,000 balance, not not too painful, you know, but, and you were doing it at a, say, you know, 6.9, 7.9% interest rate. Right. They were one of those big banks that flipped it when they were allowed to, where they just said, "Oh, well, for no reason whatsoever, we are going." It's not like anybody defaulted on a payment or anything like that, or missed a payment, or was late on a payment. It was, well, now our interest rates are twenty seven point nine nine percent. Yeah, so, and, and, and these people can't get out from under, you know. And I'm just using a thousand bucks as a balance as an example. Which, in the United States of America, that's a pretty mild balance to have on a credit card. Well, Wells Fargo is one of the many banks that did that whole thing where they jacked up those rates, but most people were carrying, you know, four, five, dollars 5000 20000 and now, I mean, 27.99% is ridiculous as it is on any level. But now, yeah. if you're talking about you're in uh, five figures worth of debt, well, you're never getting out of it of those interest rates unless you're making, like, $5,000 payments every month. It's not, you know? Exactly. And so when they're talking about people defaulting on cards because of... Uh, you know, because crypto went down I think it's more of Maybe people are defaulting on your cards Because you're raping them financially How about that?
1: Yeah. And, and you're, you're completely right, bro. And, and on that level, shout out to Kamala Harris, you know, in, in California, she actually stood up for people that were getting evicted out of their homes by banks like Wells Fargo. And they were just like kicking people out. And she actually got a lot of people to stay in her homes. But uh, I just awesome. want to say that this is like another, another story. And who knows, man, we might do another podcast about things. But um, basically the fractional reserve banking system as it's designed is just not feasible. It's basically for every $1 for every $10 that people have put in the bank literally has to just hold $1 of that in there, you know, and they, yeah. they loan every, like, so right now I deposit 10,000 into a bank account. They loan that 10,000 to someone else. What does that that do that creates another ten thousand dollars on their books fiction like out of the air you know what yeah I mean? we, we exactly get into this another day but it's all funky and like but i just want to say like and you know again, banks will be back. banks
0: right and that's yeah. and that's where you know cryptocurrency and uh, blockchain technology are making things transparency something like i said from the very first episode why i am into these concepts and into this new way of doing things is because of the transparency. And that's something you will not get from the big banks. However, and, not all financial institutions are on the negative, are they? What you got for us? No, no. And um,
1: so let's talk about Fidelity. Um, I'm sure everyone knows Fidelity is one of the biggest companies so fidelity investments overseas 2.5 trillion that's what the t in managed assets is hiring to build um basically a blockchain unit so they're looking into getting into the blockchain space and using blockchain technology you know what i mean so the firm is
0: also and real quick on a, on a note uh, my wife works for fidelity national title, which is you know uh, under the parent company of fidelity and They've been using blockchain for a while now for a lot of different things and it kind of goes back to what you and I talked about on a previous episode about land records and things in underdeveloped nations and how people weren't able to Prove that they own their piece of the property or piece of land or parcel of land uh, so on the mortgage end, Fidelity's already been getting into that and implementing it, which is very cool. So um, the fact that they're doing this now in another branch of their company is very, very exciting. Exactly. So I'm sorry for going off on that little bit of a tangent there, but it's just that I I just, again, my passion about some of the stuff, like what I was saying about Wells Fargo and some of those other banks, and how they kind of are stuck in the stone age in a lot of ways of their thinking and ends up causing the average consumer to suffer. Uh, Fidelity, I'm seeing so many great things about knowing from, again, like a personal side of things because of my wife, but the story specifically that we were getting to here is that, so again, like Jeff said, they're a multi-trillion dollar asset manager, right? Fidelity Investments, they're building a cryptocurrency exchange, internal job postings have been revealed, and according to Business Insider, uh, the Boston, Massachusetts based firm has advertised internally for development operations systems engineers to help engineer, create, and deploy a digital asset exchange to both a public and private cloud. Citing anonymous sources with knowledge of the matter, the publication further reported that Fidelity, which currently manages $2.4 trillion in assets.
1: That's with the T, people.
0: Yeah. I can't count that high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know how many zeros that is. Out a I'm lot to... of zeros. Those zeros yeah. like go,
1: ooh. I, I mean, that's that's like more GDP than like most countries in the world. That's just a huge yeah. amount of money. That, that, if that gets, all right, so they're talking 2.4 trillion. Who knows how much they'll put into actual cryptocurrency space. But even a fraction of that is huge you know what i mean and if they're actually trying to launch their own exchange to me that's a play to go directly compete against coinbase which is the u.s's largest crypto you know exchange
0: yeah and i guess a company like Fidelity is probably one of the best bets to compete with coinbase because of the fact that they are involved and have so many different avenues through many aspects of finance so um And And, and they are a great company that takes care of their people, too. Like, that's one of the things I think uh, longevity for certain companies. It's been tough with the economy in the U.S., obviously, for the last nine years or so. Um, But when you see a company that's continuing to grow, uh, in my opinion, it's because they are actually doing things the right way. And.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm in a business in general, and I see their stockholder meetings and things, and, and, and it has that nostalgia and feel of, like, you know, um, Warren Buffett-run company, you know? It's kind of like, it, it's
0: they're big, yeah, but I, they kind of, like, they feel like a family, you know what I mean? Well, so, it's like, it sounds cliche, but they truly do invest in their people, because, And uh, I've said this many a times in other uh, broadcasts that I've been involved with, but uh, I felt that one of the biggest problems that's going on with our economy in the United States is people want to blame people being lazy and this, that, and the other. And yeah, there is a truth to that, some truth to that. When you you go to the average brick-and-mortar store these days, the person behind the counter is not necessarily giving you the same kind of customer service you got 10, 15, 20 years ago. However, a big reason for that is the companies themselves are not investing in the right people because somebody that really cares isn't going to work for minimum wage. And so a lot of these companies, what they did was to kind of cut corners to save themselves and the people up top from losing money. They decided to make the cuts on a lower level, which is going to fix your situation financially in the short term, as we've seen time and time again. But now that we've gotten, you know, we're almost 10 years removed from that big recession when it first hit in the US, now we're seeing the companies who actually were patient and did things the right way, they're continuing to grow, whereas a lot of those other companies that cut corners and didn't invest in their people, uh, they're going under. Yeah. And, it, and it's always good to take care of your people.
1: I mean, it's, you know, and, you know, they're the backbone of any company are your employees, your staff, because they represent, you know, who you are, your ideals, your morals, you know, your brand value, etc. So like, you have to take care of them if they if they've been good to customers representing you in, in you know, a good manner, always take care of them. That's what I believe. So it's like, you're, you're completely right. And, and for fidelity to you know, even be looking into this is huge. And it's because they have that pool where they can just go ahead of all their clients and now add a new feature. And now automatically all their clients can see how, just that exposure alone should swing a market. I believe, you know what I mean? It's a huge, it'll be a huge add-on to the market cap of the whole crypto
0: currency. And then just another little, uh part of this article. It states that the company's charitable wing also allows donors to make contributions in Bitcoin and the fund has collected tens of millions of dollars worth of cryptocurrencies over the years, including wow. including just in 2017 alone, $22 million. That is on the charity end of the company. So $22 million worth of donations were made via cryptocurrencies in 2017 alone that's amazing it is amazing it, it really is
1: and it just shows that the power of crypto and um like it's just ever-ending what you can do with you know with crypto these days like just not only as a currency as a transfer of of money but also as a blockchain technology and what it could, it could accomplish you know depending on what this blockchain wants to achieve so like and, and there's many good uses and um This is a positive thing, in my opinion, I have to say, and I believe regulations are coming. The SEC is, you know, it's it's going to start regulating, I believe, and I don't believe it's going to be a bad thing. I believe it's something people are just going to have to adapt, conform and just understand, hey, you know, run your business and in a good manner and you'll be fine, you know, but just be aware that now you're culpable if something happens yeah, to the I SEC, mean, you know.
0: As we talked about in our previous episode that, you know, the SEC is just trying to protect people in this realm at this point. Right. And if that is truly what is the kind of the be-all end-all of their goal is to just make sure things are being done above board and protecting individuals and companies from all the fraud that goes on then hey who wouldn't be for that
1: and and i you know people may have their feelings you know about this current administration but i just have to tell you my personal thoughts and beliefs are that this administration wants to portray itself as a pro business friendly administration You know they're they're, lax in regulations on everything, so I believe that you know the SEC doesn't do anything on their own. I believe they're getting
0: they're getting the nudge. Keep an eye on this. And again, as you brought up the current administration, it's you know uh, people can say what they want to say, whether you're for or against it. Uh, I think with any administration, there's going to be positives and negatives. And if there's one thing that I felt that uh, going into this last election that could have been a positive the way I looked at it as I try to be a positive person I said well if a business guy is at the head of the table then maybe some of these things going on in our economy might get improved and for the most part at this point I feel that has been the case so um, and, and, and that's I, all I'll I wanna, say about that
1: <laughs> Yeah, and, and I'll just go into it On a deeper, deeper level So people could understand the power of blockchain Right now All right, These are my ideas I believe there is a unit probably in the US military right now, if not many different militaries in the world that are focusing on blockchain technology in one way or another, either to, you know, streamline or have all their, you know, robotic equipment, whatever running on blockchain. But I believe you better believe that right now. I think they are letting this kind of play, they're going after the bad actors because they want these tech companies that are creating these blockchains are going to be pioneers that they're probably going to want to contract them in the future. You know what I mean? And and use this technology. It's not going away. If it was something that was going away or something they felt that was truly bad, they would have put the stop on it and that would have been it. Okay.
0: Right. I would imagine they're just trying to tweak it to their own means when the time comes. Exactly. And and I,
1: I believe fully that many governments are seeing the potential of blockchain in many different uses, you know, from streamlined ID services, you know, from um, quick border checks with blo- using blockchain technology, from being able to, you know, have a pilot now instead of writing paper logs put everything on blockchain and that could be real time you know i mean there's a bunch of different applications and uses to where it would not be conducive to the great spirit of the u.s to just like halt this technology they're just going to harness it at some point i believe and right now they're weeding out the bad actors which is great and i commend them for it and um yeah it's interesting times man i gotta say
0: yeah and that's why you guys should stick with us each and every week for more cryptocurrency now to stay up to date on what's going on and like fast forward to two years from now right i bet we'll look back on some of these early episodes and people are gonna be like wow Jeff and D were totally on point with that. <laughs> so Man, I wish I invested in two years. I wish I have
1: all the coins I've mentioned in two years in my portfolio, and then we could really party.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, my brother, I appreciate you taking the time each and every week to do this with me. And as well. uh, another great episode in the books, I feel, and we love your feedback, guys. So once again, as we mentioned at the top of the show. Hit us up on Twitter. It's now underscore crypto for the Cryptocurrency Now podcast page on Twitter. Our page on Instagram is crypto underscore currency underscore now. And, of course, uh, every single platform in podcast land out there, Jeff has gotten us on, which is great. Yeah, uh,
1: great feedback, by the way.
0: Yeah, so we look forward to hearing from you guys directly with questions, comments, whatever. And something we'd like to do in the near future is have a segment where we're answering your questions directly. So come our way with those in any of those platforms I mentioned, and uh, we will do our best to get back to each and every one of you on the show. Thanks, guys. Thank you, D. I I really appreciate it. Another great episode. And thank you, everyone, for listening.
1: Um, God bless, and happy trading. listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Follow us and comment on Twitter at CoinGuerilla One. Register now at Coingorilla.com and tune in next week for another episode of Cryptocurrency Now.